0: So it's the twenty-seventh of August 2022. It's been chanting the Dhamma verse, the Dhamma Chakapavatana Sutta, which is a very important teaching, the first Dhamma teaching that the Buddha gave. And during this, Anya Kondanya uh, gained wisdom, opened the eye of the Dhamma. And the Buddha explained, uh, Kodanya, he's seen the Dhamma, he knows the Dhamma, he knows. So he had awakened then, gained this knowledge in his heart. He was no longer asleep. Because for people who are asleep, they don't know. And even for those who have their eyes opened, but they don't have wisdom, it's as if they were sleeping. Because they don't know the truth of nature. You haven't seen into arising, persisting, and ceasing. So when this is the case, then all of the sensory experiences that appear for us in our hearts, that we attach to those. We like some, we dislike others. The mind attaches to all of those, all of these feelings, all of these emotions that appear. The moods that appear here, they're my feelings. And other people's are their feelings. And so there's love, there's hate, there's fear. And this is what it's like. But all of these conditions, all dhammas, have conditions which bring them into being. And when those conditions cease, then those dhammas cease. And this is displaying its nature of change or inconstancy, of suffering and not-self. But our minds, they go and cling to all of these sense impressions. And so we need to teach our minds when this happens so that we can get them to see this nature of change, of inconstancy, how these things are not sure. And we teach them right here because a wisdom. wisdom arises right here. So when there's feeling of liking or attraction, then we teach ourselves that's not sure. If there's dislike, we teach ourselves that's not sure. So we can get the feeling that all of these emotions, they're not me, they're not mine. Like hate, for instance. It's not my feeling, it's just nature. It's just this nature of Dhamma, that it depends upon causes and conditions for its existence. And when those cease, then that Dhamma ceases. And when we see this, then our practice becomes a lot easier. So it's like a teaching that Venerable Ajahn Tongrat gave to an elderly monk, in a very simple teaching. There was a stump there that just had the heartwood left. And he told this monk to make your mind like that stump. So no matter who comes along, if they kick that stump, if they shout at it, if they pour water on it, then that stump remains indifferent. It's not averse to any of that. It's not delighted by any of that. And so we train our minds to be like that. But if they're not like that, then they won't have stillness and they'll be shaken by all of its sensory experiences. So we need to develop samadhi. And samadhi, it's a part of the Noble Eightfold Path. So the sila factor of that, we know that already, being restrained in actions of body and speech, right livelihood. And when we engage in right livelihood, then we don't feel agitation. And for those people who live their lives, or care for their lives through incorrect means, such as selling drugs or stealing money and tricking other people, then in the end their back comes back to get them, and they may go to prison. And then when they're ver- there, it's very hard, maybe even just they can't develop samadhi. So when we have sila's virtue, then we have the opportunity to cultivate samadhi. To train our minds so they come to stillness and peace and this requires training as well we may try to tell our minds that i don't want to think anymore just stop thinking right now but that's beyond our control what we can do is to train these minds now because these things as minds are things that can be trained so just like horses or dogs And we can train dogs so they can um, help out the police. And we can put these various animals to work. So like cows and buffaloes, you can use them to plough fields. Or even monkeys, intelligent monkeys, they can be trained to help out people or even to play roles in dramas. So likewise, these minds of ours can be trained as well. They can be trained to bring about inner strength and peace and stillness. So this is like an occupation, this inner work. Because external work, we know all about that already. But now we need to do the internal work, the work of our mind because it's natural for these minds that they'll be thinking and proliferating and just going on and on about that. It's giving rise to stories about the future, about the past, and always being anxious over these things. There's no peace there. So we must come to train these minds and be firm, intent in that, really have this sincerity and this effort, And when we do that, then we have a very good opportunity and chance for our minds to improve, for them to become better. And if we train them until they get some peace, then we see for ourselves already that this is the way to gain peace. It's this method, I need to do this. And then when we do that, then our hearts gain a place of rest. So just like when we work and we're feeling very tired, then we come to a place that's sheltered and in the shade, and we can rest there temporarily. So samadhi is like that for our hearts. It's a temporary resting place for our hearts. So we should train in this in order for our minds to be able to gain some rest. Whether standing, walking, sitting, lying down, we have mindfulness. And wherever we have mindfulness, samadhi will be right there. We can recollect the breath as it comes in and goes out. And we maybe just hold this recollection at one specific point, until samadhi arises and the mind settles into stillness. The thoughts become less and less. But it's also possible that if we just try and look at the breath only, then the mind won't settle and it'll just carry on thinking. So we can bring up this word of Buddha in that instance. So we have the breath there and we have Buddha along with the breath. If there's... And if we're having difficulties watching the breath, we can just recite Buddha. If the thoughts are many and fast, then we recite Buddha a lot and quickly, Or we can recite Buddha Dhammo Sangho, Buddha Dhammo Sangho, until we're left with just Buddha, 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 repeating this over and over. If we're feeling weary of this or bored with this, we just carry on reciting. And by doing that, eventually the mind will settle into peace through that sincerity that we have. And we just carry on doing that until it becomes an internal habit of the mind. that We don't have to intentionally bring this word up, but the mind will just be reciting Buddha all by itself. So we do this, just carry on practicing like this, each day practicing like this. Whenever we have the time during the day then we recollect our meditation and our meditation objects. We also need to put down the things that obstruct our meditation practice as well. And essentially what that is, is the delight that we find in the world. It's now delighting here, delighting there. And in this present day and age it's very easy to be distracted by these things. To be lost in Facebook or social media or TV all these different things. And there's just delighting that's all there is This getting lost in these things. And if we don't have wisdom with them, then that will destroy all of our samadhi. Because what all these things are about is self. It's all about ego, it's about a being, an individual, a me or a you. And when we use our time in this way, then we waste our time, it gets lost. And this is unless we have mindfulness and wisdom while we're using them in order to contemplate them as well. So if we really contemplate, we can put these things down because we can see how they're destroying our time. And through doing that, then we gain the time to recollect Buddha, to bring up our mindfulness and make our mindfulness stronger and stronger. So we should seek out the time to practice, in order to prepare ourselves first. Because when is it that these bodies are going to start deteriorating? We just don't know. And actually, they're always steadily deteriorating. When we were young, there's no illness, our bodies are still strong. But as we get older, then the body becomes out of balance and sickness arises. And when the sickness becomes strong, then it can become an obstacle to our meditation practice. But right now we have the time, we have the opportunity to meditate. So we should use that, set our hearts on it, put in our effort and persist with it. Because it's not the case that all the things that we desire, we'll get them without putting any any effort, without doing anything. In order for the Buddha to become fully self-awakened, he needed to really set his heart on that and developing Bharami. It's the same for the Pacheka Buddha the solitary Buddhas, and the Arahants, all of them needed to cultivate Bharami, to bring up these spiritual virtues and goodness. So our effort, therefore, is important. And we free ourselves from suffering due to our efforts. And when we have this in sincerity and firmness, and we take the practice seriously, then we will reach peace. We need to have our minds tied to mindfulness and to an object, just like a cow or a buffalo that's right on the edge of a rice paddy. And if it doesn't have a rope that's tying it to a steak, then it's going to go and find that rice, because that rice is the delicious food of cows and buffaloes and it will destroy the entire crop. Therefore, we need to tie it down. And so we use our mindfulness there to tie our minds. Because otherwise, all of these ramanas, the sense experiences that we gain, the mind likes some of them, the sights and sounds, the... Odours and taste, tactile sensations and thoughts that the mind likes, it goes and attaches to those. And the ones that it dislikes, it also attaches to those. So we need to have our mindfulness there, knowing these things in time, being up to speed with them. So in the beginning it's hard work. But as we carry on practicing and we're firm in our efforts, then as we sit in meditation, the happiness and joy arises. We can contemplate and see how all things change. And then we gain knowledge and understanding this wisdom that arises from meditation. There's also the wisdom that comes from thinking, from our memory, but that's only enough to be able to destroy some parts of the defilements. There's knowledge and understanding that we gain through the sanya perception. It's perception that the four elements are not me; they're not mine. But that's still murky; it's unclear. And if we have wisdom there, there's one that comes from meditation, then we see with clarity. And so there was one time when Ajahn Chow went to England and Dr. Utai invited the monks of Nambapong to Sirirat Hospital and he took us into the room that they keep the um, corpses in. So there were many of these different corpses there, no less than 30. You could see them kind of heaped up, or their feet there heaped up. And it was just like frogs being uh, put in a pile. And these bodies that we attach to, that we take as being me and mine, really firmly clinging to them, and this gives rise to greed, hatred, and delusion. But when they don't have any breath left, and they stop breathing, then they're just put in a heap, just like this. So through contemplating this, the mind can come to peace as well. This can be a meditation object too. So we should use this contemplation in order to bring the mind to peace. So whatever meditation object works, it calms the mind. We should do that. We should practice so that our minds do calm down, establishing our samadhi and our mindfulness well, and then wisdom arises, you see, into emptiness. So like form, in their reality, form is emptiness, that it's not really there. You can see external forms, all the various material things, that these are empty. The elements are empty. The four elements that comprise this body are empty. So emptiness is in form. And we see that Form, therefore, in reality, it's not really there. And emptiness is form. And when we see in this light, then the mind will gain inner contentment and happiness and fill up, because we've seen the Dhamma. So we need to train our minds. If we don't train them, then they'll always be following Their sensory experiences. They will always be going between birth and death and birth and death without end. So we should take it for real in this life because when we die from this life, we don't know where we're going to go. So may you set your heart on this.